Vegas. Yeah. Vegas, baby. Vegas. Uh, <laughs> always a to, good time, man. Hot here for a day or a week. <laughs> you have a good time in Vegas. It is. I mean, yeah. how can you not? How, how many times? How many times have you guys been to Vegas before? Oh my gosh. I've been performing here since I was shoot. Probably twenty. It's been twenty years. Okay. On and off, at least once a year, I've been here in Vegas. It seems. When you, say, when you say performing, what are you talking about? What do you do out here? Um, not anymore, but um, I, I mean, I was in the comedy world for years, and I've opened up for a lot of people out here. We've I've performed at uh, a you, lot of different comedy clubs. You got so. me a gig out here when I was out here for a festival. I didn't even get picked for the festival. It was the world, matter of fact, the World Series of Comedy Festival. Okay. That they still do. Um, I was here supporting a friend. And Louis Anderson had a room at the Palace Station. Palace Station, okay. yeah. yeah. And you got yeah. and you made a call for me and got me a gig up there. I that was my first spot. headline in Palace. Oh, for real? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You must have did good because they yeah. let me come in on the merit of your name. Nice. <laughs> yeah, right. and it was dope. It was so fun. Cool, man. Killed it too. Yeah. And you're Hulk. doing big things now, man. Like he's he's doing some big things now. I'm real proud of him. He's. I was. I think I was. The way I met Adrian was. Uh, was we were I was there was a little room in St. Cloud, Minnesota, yeah. and um and I had been booked to headline that room. This was had been almost twenty years ago. Yeah, probably a good seventeen, eighteen years ago. Yeah, eighteen, and, nineteen, probably. Yeah. And I uh, I needed weed, and so they were like, "Who do you get? Like, Who do you get weed from around here?" And they were like, "Well, there's one black dude, and I was like, one fucking black dude, and all of them, St. Cloud, and it, it was there was five of us. There was like five. Of yeah, us. but they all knew each other. They right? all knew each other. He was he was the weed portion of the five. So uh, yeah, and then he ended up he was doing stand up as well. He just started out. I think he said he yeah. just done a few shows. Yeah, I was literally like uh, maybe three, four months in and just super new. I mean, the fast forward, I'm over 19 years in now. You know what I'm saying? So Rob, uh, he headlined and uh, I was the host. And I remember he was like one of the first people to tell me, he's like, dude, you got good stuff. He's like, move the mic. You know, he's like on the stage. Actually, I don't even think you were the host. I was like, let me get a guest spot. Because it was that Perry or Perrin dude that was hosting. Perry, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, you're right. I did do a guest spot. And I think you just did a guest spot. You are so right. Perrin was the host. And and we were, weren't digging this other dude that was hosting. And I was like, Horrible. I was like, man, let's let the other guy. Why do you don't work him? And yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. And I was just like, nah, that's their boy. So and that's why ultimately six months later, I end up just saying I'm gonna book my own. And I've been booking my own thing ever since. Right, you know right. what I mean? So they it 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 sucked. Because I was like, it could have been a great thing, but at the same time, it also made me build something. You know what I mean? So, I, I'm definitely glad it worked out that way. I got at that to, t- at that time when you were like first starting, you know, when you guys met, um, I guess prior to that, what was it that got you into doing stand up? Honestly, bro, if I'm being 100 percent honest, women like to laugh. <laughs> that was my only gimmick. It was the easy way in with girls. You put, ask any woman in the world, they take a sense of humor over a six-pack you think so many chubby dudes got good-looking women make them laugh yeah or cook good <laughs> both yeah, that's right. together, <laughs> <laughs> so it's just and i've always said like just being a smart ass i got nine siblings you know what i mean so everybody is a smart ass and um just, just honestly all I, i'm not i don't even think i'm a comedian i'm a shit talker i just know how to talk shit i got the gift of gab and i learned how to just put it on stage any of my siblings can do the same thing if they can just not be scared of the stage yeah. you know what i mean Even so my you, mom. you like doing like crowd work and like stuff like I, that. I i love it but i've like 
now I know that you need material certain places. You do big arenas, you can't see the crowd. You do big theaters, you can't see the crowd. Um, there's a time and place. It's great to know how to do both. You know what I mean? But that was like my stick for a long time because I'd never write anything. I just started writing now because I don't remember like I used to. I'd always be like, oh, I'll remember this. You know, yeah. we'll make a joke about something. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Now I'll be like, hey, we'll laugh about something and make a joke. And I'll tell my wife, I'm like, text that to me. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So then after a while, I'll just go through these texts and be like, all right, make a bullet point. Make a bullet point. And I know if I got a bullet point, I can easily BS that for two minutes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Until I figure something out. But And naturally funny. Like, he's he's way nat- more naturally funny than I than I am. So it's uh it's it's a lot more fun you know to to um see a comic that can be automatically naturally funny in any situation i did comedy magic so i knew that um you know in in the world you almost kind of need a a gimmick or a catchphrase or something to make it and to get people to see you you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. um my thing was is i knew how to do magic and i was working with juan villarreal who was real big oh in uh, in the in the black comedy world at the time? Hold up, yeah. You gotta tell he he did magic. I don't mean to change. I'm not changing the story. I gotta just make sure we don't miss this story about when you <laughs> Rob used to do magic <laughs> and his, his bird that you pull out of the hat died. No, the, the rabbit. Yeah, the rabbit. The rabbit. Yeah, the fucking rabbit died. <laughs> the rabbit died in between shows, man. <laughs> Tell us to let's hear the start. Yeah, let's hear the start to finish from your. The true story was we're in San Antonio and I'm with Juan Villarreal and this is when we're first starting out and and Juan had told me in the beginning like I had tried to do I just wanted to do stand up I was like I like to do magic but I don't know how to do stand up really and he was like but your magic is really good he's like let's make it funny let's make your magic funny and then you can do magic on a comedy stage I'm like okay cool so he would help me write some jokes write liners for for some of the stuff that I was doing or whatever but. Um, I had a corporate gig because I was doing a lot of kids yes. events and corporate stuff and, and, you know, Killing. uh, company parties yeah. or the Christmas parties and shit like that. That's what I originally started out doing. And, uh, and the money's a lot better in those, but it's, it's not as fun. You know, you can't cuss, you can't have fun with people. You can't say whatever. Um, and that's what I wanted to do. But anyway, I had a corporate gig and we were on the road and Juan was with me on the road, but I just so happened to have a gig separate, but he was like, man, let me, you know, I'll go with you. Juan was like, I'll go with you. You know, let's have fun. And, and, um, at the time he was really hot. He was a, a BET huge comic. Yeah. And, and he was, he was in all the black rooms and everybody in Texas knew him. He was, uh, he was the only Mexican dude. Mex- on yeah, comic, yeah. For real. And, um, and Shout he was on Cedric's, Warren. all the Cedric's videos. Yeah. And I think he was a bunch on of Jamie DVDs Fox. at the time. Yeah. yeah Jamie Foxx had him yep. up. But, um, anyway, and he was there, and he did a few minutes, and of course I do my magic stuff, which is what they had paid for. But I go to let reveal the fucking turn the birds into a rabbit is the trick. You have three birds that I had pulled out, and then at the end they're in the cage. Pull the fucking cage out, birds are gone. There's a rabbit there, right? But there's a dead fucking rabbit at the closer of my show, man. Like there's there's no way. I mean, I can't put my hand up this fucking rabbit's ass and make him move. He's just dead. He's just dead. So, uh, yeah, I got to end a corporate show. Hey, though, which is pretty horrible. But the funny part about it is he went to the, go throw the rabbit in the garbage, right? And Juan tells the story. Rob goes to throw the rabbit in the garbage. And Juan's like, bro, you just going to get rid of your rabbit? <laughs> you ain't going to give it a, yeah, he's a like, proper burial? Yeah, you ain't going to properly bury it. Like, you ain't give it a, he's like, you just dumping it in the fucking dumpster? Yeah. He's like, this dude help you close all your shows. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's how you're gonna disrespect him. Yeah. How often Shut does up. that happen? Because like the rabbit, oh that's like gosh. a pretty common trick, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Well, that's that's happened only the one time, but but to, another time in general I'll, to other people has that happened to like other magicians? That you I'm know? sure. I'm sure because I was on the road one time and I got drunk. And I left my animals in the car, and I got up in the morning, and yeah. all six of my fucking birds God, were damn. were two of them were dead, the other two were fucking they were they wanted water. I was like, fuck, man, and I forgot about leaving them in the car. Was horrible. Yeah. Rob, I have a two part question for you here now. Sure. So, do magicians have to take care of their animals, like their pets, when they're on the road? Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you gotta. That's why he don't do it no more. And how many yeah. times have you neglected those animals and killed them? I think those are the two times. If uh, is this the trap? <laughs> <laughs> we got Peter listening. Yeah, yeah. Right. No, this was years ago. Years, yeah. years, years ago. I, uh, so you yeah. got to find out the statute of limitation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was in, uh, I don't know, some town, man. Long time ago. Yeah. I left him in my, it was when I had a, yeah, long ass time. Ago. But we've had, like, everything I've done, like, not everything, but, like, for the first probably 10 years of my comedy, almost everything I got big, like, I got it through him. And, like, we just met that time. Like, I, I did a guest spot. We kicked it that night. You know what I'm saying? Um, got him some weed. He'd always, like, drive. Like, he'd leave that night. His, his reason, like, he was in Texas, right? So he'd still be touring. And he'd have to go, like, maybe a couple hours from where I lived at. And sometimes he'd just take off, like, in the middle of the night with us kicking. He's like, I'm going to just take off. I'm like, why are you taking off, bro? He's like, I always hook up with fat chicks here, man. That's true shit. I don't know about fat bitches in St. Cloud. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, man. He's like, I've been here a few times. It's always the big girls. They get me at the end of the night. In Minnesota? Yeah. In Minnesota? St. Cloud. I don't know why, man. I just had, I was at a so big he, girl magnet. We'd be having a good time and shit then. Sure enough, man, we kind of calmed down and get us some food or something. He's like, yeah, I'm going to just go ahead and hit it. I was like, bro, yeah. you, got a, you got a condo and everything. He's like, nah, I'm good. Yeah, and I, then he finally told me. I was like, "Why do you leave?" He's like, "Man, the big girls they get me." I said, "Wow, bro." So, so that's why the birds died. Right? You're yeah, out, yeah, out too late one night. Like, we're putting everything together now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, almost everything I got big. Like when I first, the first time I ever worked with Steve, it's because of him. Uh, we did this thing down in El Paso with like eleven other comics, um, and this big um, Hispanic comic Raymond. We all stayed in a house. We Airbnb, like 12 guys. That was my comedy production. Yeah. yeah. That was my, uh, I put together this DVD. And yeah, we recorded. What was the club in uh, El Paso? Um, the comic Strip. Yeah, the Comic yeah. Strip. And it was dope. Everybody came out to support everybody. I think like one night it was six of us. Another night it was another six of us. Everybody got along. It was dope. But like I was the only comic from Minnesota. Like Everybody else was like Texas-based comics. And everybody's mm-hmm. like, bro, how did you even hear about this? And I was just like, Rob, you know what I mean? Not only did he get me to work with Steve-O, but when I booked Steve-O for myself, that was also successful, but it was all through him. He was like, hey, this is the guy you got to talk to. This is how you got to talk to him. You know what I mean? He's like, if you do this right, it's like, you're good. Well, that's the thing about the comedy business is that, you know, I learned earlier that show business is two parts. You have to have a show and you have to be good at business. You can't just have one or the other. You're not going to be successful. You have to have the two combined. And that's why a lot of, you know, a lot of people have managers and agents and stuff, but right. coming up, aren't people aren't going to take you on because you're not making any money. You're not going to make them any money. So you kind of have to learn that part of the business. Otherwise you, you fall out. And I learned that early that I wasn't going to make a lot of money on the road, just telling jokes for other people. I had to learn to promote my other, sh- promote my own shows. I had to book Mike Epps and put myself as the opener on that show so I can, you know, be in front of 3,000 people because I'll never draw 3,000 people. But I know now I can be seen in front of 3,000 people and now I can do a smaller show 
and those people will come see me again. Yeah. You know, I can do. A, so all, you were you were booking guys. You were booking shows through through <clears throat> venues, and then you would just put yourself on. Yeah, like, yeah, and I would be the, the promoter, and okay. and I would be the opener, and I would yeah. be the driver, and I would be the fucking. I, I would do it all, man. Right, I would pick just, them up from the airport, man. Yeah. Set up their shit, like get them what they want, like you know what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, fill their riders and yep. get everything that they need for their their dressing rooms, and you know, there's. You, People are weird, you know. You gotta, you gotta be able to take care of what they want and make them comfortable. Yeah. And so. he always, when it was always something that he knew would benefit me, I always felt like he was like, "Hey, I'll do this with you, but I got a guy that I want to put on this show too." You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just get it. Like it could be six months we hadn't talked. He'll hit me up. Hey, what's up, bro? Not much. What's going on? You ever been to such and such? Nope. You want to come? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Like hell yeah. He's like who you got? He's like I got. I, I, I just closed the deal with so and so, and I got you on as the opener, bro. We're gonna hit five cities, and you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, god damn. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And he just always been that dude, man. Always been that dude. And I never mm-hmm. thought about it till you said it. But that's probably why I know it kind of. And where I live at St. Cloud kind of made me do the same thing, because I had a kid by the time I started doing comedy already. So I was like, I can't be gone on the weekends. That's my time with my kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was like, I got to figure it out at home. Yeah, and I was like, well, get you, you do your shows, but get you sponsors. Yep. Get you people that will pay you every single show. Get yep. you, that you can promote them. They promote He's you. He's been know, telling you shit for years. So, you know, yep. you can make a living at this, and you don't have to work at the end or whatever the fuck. I don't remember what you're doing, man. Yeah, even like now, still, you know what I'm saying? I've been at this 19 years. He don't even do comedy no more. He'll still hit me up like, hey, can I can I tell you something? you should use a different picture for this flyer or something like that. And you know what I mean? And I know he means that it all comes from a good place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even when we were doing shows that was being recorded like nationally, I'm like, man, what's the, what's the wardrobe? You know what I'm saying? What is everybody wearing? He was like, bro, do you want to look like you're making money? Or you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I was like, done. Suit it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> everybody else have the jeans and the t-shirt. And I'm like, that's what I probably would have normally wore. But, He's like, I'm going to have a blazer or something. I'm like, nah, I'm going to go get a whole motherfucking suit. And that's the way to do it. I think that that makes a lot of sense, especially if you want to make money in this, yeah. in that business. It's like, you got to dress. Or at least know how to the, switch it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? At least know how to switch it for certain things. Because I know there's like certain, and that's why I told him, I said, well, this flyer, I'm outside at the patio. It's nothing big. Like, it's in my city. They obviously know who I am. It's no big deal. I said, but when it's time to have a more dressed up flyer for a different occasion, I'll have that too. He's like, all right. I remember a week later, I had a suit on. And I sent him a snap. He's like, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. You look like, you know, you look yeah, like, you look like when, money. When people ask you how much you charge in a show, you look like you're making 10, right. 15,000 a show. You're not making 500 anymore. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's a, like charging is another like interesting point where with all like entertainers or artists, yeah. like was there a time like a show where you might have said like a rate that was like way higher than you'd ever charge before? And someone was like, yeah. Uh, and oh, like that happened. clicked or it's, it's happening now more than i ever thought it would <clears throat> it's weird like this year was that was one of my goals i was like i'm gonna tell my price and i'm gonna just stick with it yeah you know what i'm saying i remember that same thing yeah thinking i'm not gonna do a show unless it has a comment in it yeah from now on yeah like, and I, i'm I, like my, that's it bro but like for me for not doing that for so long and just have earned my own you know what i mean it feels weird telling somebody i want x amount of money but now i know my resume too mm. You know what I'm saying? So, but at that point, when you get to the point where your price is an amount where you're not comfortable telling them that, then that's when you get to the point where you have a manager that you can afford right. and that can they ask can for it. those prices yeah. and can negotiate on your behalf without 
you being the money because you want to you don't want to be the money guy all the time right. you know like you don't that's always my, take their money that's my wife that's why my wife works the door at all my shows i'm like if it was me everybody being free yeah. <laughs> i'd yeah. be like god damn that's right i owe you some uh i remember you <laughs> hooked me up with this or i came yeah. in a restaurant and you got you know what i mean yeah, yeah. my wife's just like nope your name ain't on this list <laughs> i'm gonna yeah. need that 20 up out you <laughs> So if you've been doing this for 19 years uh, and you said, that, you know, in the beginning, you know, you kind of just fell into it because you were always naturally funny. Mm -hmm. When were you uh, able to switch from, you know, a nine to five to comedy full time? And then from when it kind of uh, stopped from being, you know, a struggle to a point where you're flourishing now? Probably honestly just like five and a half years ago, not okay. quite six years ago. And I did comedy for like 13 and a half years, but I always had a job. <coughs> you know what I'm saying? I always had multiple jobs and still did comedy. You know what I mean? And. Finally, I was like, and what was hard, my last job, I went back to my old junior high school and I was a security guard and a, and a mentor there. So it was the most rewarding job I ever had, but it was the less money I've ever had. And it was very time consuming for what I was trying to do. I was only supposed to be there like a year and I ended up being there for four years. And I just told the kids, I was like, I got to get back to the dream. You know what I'm saying? I was like, this wasn't part of the dream, but I'm so grateful for it. You know what I mean? You know, I was like, but... I'm not leaving you guys to just like go take another job. I'm like, I'm gonna get back to what I do. You know what I mean? So what's dope now is like, now I get to go back to those same schools or see these same kids in the stores or the car wash that live in my community. And they'll be like, hey, my mom showed me you were with Mike Epps at the Target Center. My mom showed me you're touring with Donnell Rollins. My mom showed me you're out hanging out with Chappelle and them guys. You know what I'm saying? Just stuff like that where I'm just like, that's that's what I told you guys I was gonna do, and I thank God by the grace of God. It was because literally, man, God had to have a conversation um, when I decided I was just gonna do it. Because I got a wife and kids, man. Like I couldn't be a starving artist. You know what I'm saying? You had to make ends meet. Yeah, do whatever know, and, it took. And, and my kids are used to a certain lifestyle. It's like, yeah, we support your dream, but it's like if you think we're gonna fucking eat ramen, so you can keep dreaming, then you dreaming. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just like, but from the moment I talked to God about it and made sure it was the right thing for me to do. Um, my life just kept elevating. Everything got better and better. Cars got better. The, the crib got better. You know, uh, I had time to go do stuff at my kids' school. Didn't have to ask nobody. I could go meet my wife for lunch every day. You know what I'm saying? Just Vacations. Stuff. Yeah, vacations. You know what I mean? Like vacations I would have had to miss a bill before. That's when I knew I was kind of like making money. When I was like, all right, because we take our... Us and our wives take a trip every for the last five years. Yes, yeah. every February we take a trip together, where we decide like a year ahead of time, and then we plan for that trip. But it would be trips like that where I'd be like, I gotta miss at least a bill or two to make this trip work. Now it's just like you know what I'm saying. I remember just driving, losing money and still like, but I invested it all in myself. You know what I mean? I invested all in myself, bro. Like there'll be people like, hey, can you come do the show? I'll give you 250 bucks. I'm like, it's going to cost me $400 to get there. But it's a show. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'll figure the rest of it out. So that's what I mean by like being able to go to the gas station and just fill up your tank every time you go to the gas station. That's some shit I never take for granted. Because I remember the days where I had to, y'all remember when like when you had a debit card, you could buy gas like a day ahead of time and they'd only take a dollar. Y'all might be too young for this. <laughs> They'd only take like a dollar from you for like a day or two. Oh, but no, then I yeah. knew like my check would be deposited. So it's like I could fill up my tank for a buck. And then like the next day they'd be like, all right, it was 38 bucks or whatever. So no, I remember just, those days. Window, now yeah, it's just yeah. like 
I think now they charge you like upfront like a hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They go on and give it back. Pre-authorize it. Pre-authorize it. So now it's just like being able to even like just stuff like that, man. And knowing I'm living my dream. Like I've I've, I've never had an agent. I've never had a manager. None of that. Just did it all on my own and figured it out to the best I knew how. Because I was, I'm a huge fan of comedy. First of all, like most of the dates me and my wife do, it's a comedy show. I have to remind myself like I got to take her to a real date where it's not comedy. Because no matter what, like I performed on our honeymoon. In Hawaii, like I got a tour in Canada because we went up there for. So you scheduled a honeymoon around a show, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I ended up getting booked for a show. <laughs> okay. <in the> honeymoon. <laughs> you know what I mean? But one I of had... those summers you were performing on the cruise ship we went on. Yeah, yep. Yeah, and yeah. I got another cruise ship I'm doing next year. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it's just, but she's a huge comedy fan too. But it's it's a huge reason why I am successful because I don't have that to worry about. I don't have to feel like somebody's trying to like stop me from doing because I'm like this is. And comedy is one of those things you got to be obsessed with, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you only like it, you will not make it. Yeah. I'm yeah, going to be honest. Like, and, if you only you sit at the house and wait for them to call you. Yeah. If you only like it, man, quit now. I'm going to tell this to well, I don't know where the camera's at. If you only like comedy, please don't get involved. Because it's like, man, you ain't going to see money for a long time. Every now and again, you get a blessing with social media and shit like that. You know, we from the fly era, though. That's another reason why you just, you won't out hustle me. I used to go, like, print flyers with money I didn't have, give them to you. I'd see people drop my shit on the ground. I'd pick it right back up. I'm like, bro, that cost me money. Somebody mm-hmm. else, I start telling people, like, hey, if you want to take my flyer, I need to see you put it in your pocket right now. Put it in your purse right now. You got to read it and shit right now. When you sober up, bitch, I need you to read this. It's going to be some good shit here next week. You know what I'm saying? And it's just it's just that, bro, just the hustle. Like I said, you sit around. That's why starting your own shit is, like, the best thing you can do because you ain't going to make money off of just who books you they gonna make the money so now if you can be that person where you can say i can book it and perform it you know what i mean for one now you ain't got I, I never believed in paying somebody for doing what i could do that's why comics be like man i'm like aren't you a comic why aren't you on stage i've done one show in 19 years that i produced that i wasn't a part of at all mm-hmm. i just did that like a year ago and that was for like a ladies night thing you know what i'm saying i just sat back kicked it with my wife watched the show other than that, every show I've put on, I've been a part of it. Whether I host, feature, headline, something. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that, that when you're bringing other people together <coughs> for you, they see you. You're not just on the sideline. That you're you're part right. of it. Right, hundred percent, man. You you you're invested in it. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like people still laughing. Like, dude, you still work your door? Like, yeah, me and my wife. We put our little scanner on there and got your tickets. And I'm like, I ain't got no money to be paying nobody. And then I'm just standing right here. Yeah. I'm going to talk to everybody that walks in anyways. Why not talk to him and scan him? You know what I mean? Rick Ross still cut his own grass. Shit, I can at least scan some tickets. <laughs> no. You know? That's the hustle, though. And most smart hustlers know if you can keep the money in the house, you win it. No. Yeah. Mm, wow. Okay. And then, <laughs> hey, thank you for sharing that. And no, then, no problem. Um, Rob, so in your comedy career, um, you know, about 20 years, you said when you were starting out, were you all in on comedy or did you have another side gig starting? No, out? man, I, I was a felon. Like I got a, I was in the military and fresh out of the military. I got a felony for, uh, uh, for having weed and acid in my pockets before that shit was legal. I've been, I've been arrested in nine States for weed. It's a true story. I've been arrested in Colorado, uh, Florida, Mississippi, Arkansas, Texas, many times, New Mexico. Um, yeah. So I've, I've, I was, I've been a pothead my entire life. So I didn't want to take a drug test. I didn't want to, um, 
you know, I, I was the person that when you got a job, you know, I don't know how many jobs you guys have had, but I was the person that got a job and all I could think about was how much money I was making the company that I was working for. You know, I was like, shit, if hmm. I'm being a framer doing carpentry, I know that this dude is making more than the $10 he's paying me. You know what right. I mean? He's making $30 off me at least. And, or if I was working a, a restaurant, I would see mm -hmm. how much money the restaurant that I would sell every night. You know, I got to print out my report that says I just sold $4,000 for this restaurant and they're paying me $2 an hour. Really? You know what I mean? So I was, um, I always, I didn't like jobs because I saw that I wasn't making my, what I, what I thought so was my fair make, share. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I just decided that I was going to work for myself. And when I found out that I had a talent to do magic, you know, I just, I can parlay this into a living, you know, and I did, I, I did kid shows. I did corporate events or, <clears throat> you know, I was fresh starting out doing $200 an hour kid shows, you know, doing birthday parties and doing four or five a weekend, stuff like that, you know? And once, um, once I got rolling in that, it was hard to go back to a, $10 an hour job right. when you're making $200 an hour and you can just practice your craft all week, you know, yeah. take care of your, I had a daughter at the time that was a baby, you know, when you made that transition, obviously like when you're working the job, it sucks. Like you, you're seeing, you know, how much the company's making yeah. from you and everything. But at the same time, they're just giving you hours and that just comes and goes right. When you have to book a show yourself, you have to go find it. Like how was that? You know, did that, was that a natural like, instinct for you? Were you always like driven to, to go? And, I was like, a, I think things? I was a natural marketer. Yeah, I was naturally 100%. good at being able to sell whatever it was. So once I had something to sell that I could sell myself, then I was able to sell it's that. Easy to sell it to you. Yeah, I yeah, was. Once I, I bought in on it, you know, yeah. it was. And, and at the time when I started out, it was yellow pages. It wasn't social media and, and everything on Google. Right. Now it is, you know, when I started out, it was yellow pages and I was smart enough to, to name my company a plus magical production. So I was the first fucking one in the yellow pages. <laughs> I was the first ad that moms would see when they would go to book a magician for their kids party. That's old fashioned I was, SEO. Right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, was, I was not, I wasn't an idiot, man. And, and there was, you know, other magicians that would get, I would get the biggest ad, you know, and I would just, I would make money that way. And that's how I started out. Yeah, you know? man. And so when you were in the yellow pages, you just had inbound coming in or yeah, like, just, were you still like hustling in like other ways? Like, um, I had a weekly magic show that I produced where like on Sunday night I would have other magicians to come in and we would basically just, they would do a free show just to be able to perform, you know, and we would sell $10 tickets or whatever, but it was a good way for me to be able to, um, to hone my craft with other magicians, you know, but I was more interested in making people laugh. So, and a lot of the magicians were lame and they they weren't entertaining. They were, <laughs> they were like the, Ooh, look at me. Magician. That was the one that wanted to take care of their animals and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Saving animals. Nigga? <laughs> <laughs> Those guys sucked. They didn't kill their pets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Right. We're just kidding some, about all some this, people the beat way. their wives. Right, I take right, it out right, on my right, pets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor rabbit. Yeah, it, it, it's just been a dope journey, man. Like, uh, I always tell people, like, it's all a win for me because I don't feel like this was supposed to happen, in a sense. But the cool, what's cool now, I think, about your story is that you've kind of um, figured out the business side as well. You know, you've kind of yeah. figured out the, 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 the business side of show business and being able to promote yourself and, and do events with other people right. to, that, you know, you know, like similar to mine, you know? Yeah. And my, my company is also, it's called one Mike ENT. That's just the number one M I C 
space ENT. So, and that's parlayed into a, a, a cannabis brand, which is all yeah, legal got, now. Like, in gummies is legal in Minnesota now, so I got my own line of gummies. I got a uh, is that online. Th- is that like all like THC or yep. is it Delta Eight or nope, all no, THC? Is it recreationally legal in Minnesota? It will be recreational um, for the plant August first. Okay. But, um, gummies are recreational now. Okay. Yeah. Yep, oh wow. Yep. Nice. Yep, they uh, supposedly they accidentally signed the wrong piece of paper that worked out in our favor. <laughs> that gummies came first. Yeah. The first no way. <laughs> yeah. So, I, and I happen to just meet a guy. I got sponsors, man, that, that have been rocking with me for a while. You know what I mean? Um, and they're all local small businesses. Some of them are my old high school friends. You know what I mean? And the day I, because people ask me to do sponsors forever. I didn't. And network, networking is essential to yeah. any business, yeah. whether it's comedy or whether it's. A, a, a cannabis brand, man, cross cross marketing right. with other businesses that aren't in your um, market share. Yep. It makes a lot of sense. You like know what my, I mean? My cleaners I use as my sponsors. My mechanic is my Excuse sponsor. Me. The tow truck service we use is my sponsor. You know what I'm saying? My buddy's got an e cig store. That's my sponsor. You know what I mean? Um, the the gummy guy is my sponsor. You know. I think that's one of the places nowadays where people go wrong, like influencers or people like. They're just promoting shit that is like garbage and that yeah, they don't bro. use. So like if you're genuine with it and you're and like. And you know what's crazy? Like I, I got eight right now. And uh, every week somebody's like, or they'll come to the show because I hang up a banner at my shows with all my sponsors on it. And people are like, how can I get on that? And I was like, I'm full, man. And they're like, what do you mean you're full? I'm like, I don't want more than that. I don't want fucking 15 sponsors. I don't want 20 sponsors. I want something to be great about it. You know what I mean? I want them to know that. I'm not just taking everything that comes in just to say I do it. I literally use all you guys and recommend all you guys to anybody. If you need that service, I say use that service. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, so. And you're using them before they even sponsor. Right. Way before. Is, that, that's the that's Way the before, bro. Right you know there. what I mean? So um, it's, it's, it's just been a, it's been a dream come true, man. And if nothing else, I can honestly say if nothing else ever happened for me, I'm, if, this is, if this is me peaking, me just touring nationally with Dunnell and me doing my shows at home and you know what I'm saying? Like, cause home's always taking care of me. Home's always taking care of me. I just started traveling really like probably a year and a half ago, but where I'm at in Minnesota, I got about a 70 mile radius that will make sure they come support the fuck out of me. You know what I mean? So Minnesota, thank y'all from the bottom of my heart for that shit. That's you know true. I mean? We did a, we did a tour or I was touring, I was touring with Eddie Griffin Yep. and, um, and we were like, let's do Minneapolis. Yep. And so I booked Minneapolis <clears throat> on that tour. And I was, uh, and I said, make sure that we get this guy on to open that, you know, Minneapolis show because he'll help sell it as well. Mm-hmm. And he did, man. I would say half of the people that were there were to see yeah. Eddie Griffin. Half of the people were to see Adrian. Yeah. And it was, yeah. it was crazy thing because it was during COVID. So our match yeah, was 250. Right. There was, there was, uh, there was National, yeah, National Guardsmen Guards, on the Because corner. that's when the Chauvin trial yeah it happened you know for killing george floyd oh yeah that 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 trial was going on like they were waiting for they wouldn't even let us do the show yeah until they were like when the trial is it was real on edge yeah man, man. and then edge. also what people forget that week um uh, deontay wright got killed that monday remember mm-hmm. so there's another kid black kid killed by a white cop in brooklyn park that monday we were supposed to do our show that friday i call him and say, hey, man, look, we're going to, like, because then they put us back on curfew. We were already, like, it was COVID. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So the cap was already 250. We had, uh, And then they put us on a curfew, the curfew. So now everything's got to be done by midnight. We're trying to knock mm-hmm. two shows out at night. You know what I'm saying? 
and we got limited space and we got literally when one show's over we got swing other people in you know what i mean but you know what's I mean, crazy is you caught COVID after that show. Man, I, caught I was COVID like, you're all over. Even this fool was hugging everybody. Oh. <laughs> what's up, y'all? You seen motherfuckers in a year? Yeah. And and I, at, right after that show, man, you ain't going to believe this shit, dog. Man, literally, bro. We went and had breakfast that Sunday after the show. Fucking Monday, I had it. Yeah. Thursday, I was in the hospital. It had turned into pneumonia. Yeah, yeah like, fuck me up. He was like, damn, bro, you had COVID while we was having breakfast. I said, hey, I passed the little test when I walked in. <laughs> But it sucked, man. But yeah, so that was crazy. But thank God we sold out all four shows before the doors even opened. Yeah. We didn't have to sell tickets at the door or nothing. But it was crazy because being that that trial was going on and the shit that had just happened, they literally had flew the National Guard in. So standing on the corners, you had Army tanks. You had motherfuckers standing there with mm-hmm. big-ass guns. And they just and you get the, half of them are kids, bro. We'd be walking to go get something to eat. You could see it on their face. Like, they was like, I just hope. Everything goes yeah. how it's supposed to go. We try to make them laugh, walking <clears throat> past, man. Like, look, bro, I know y'all don't want to be here. Yeah, it's cold. This sucks. And remember, even that Saturday night, they was like, y'all might have to get shut down because they're going to start protesting toward where y'all doing the show. Yeah, it was like a march or something. Yeah, yeah. that's right, man. Forget about it that. It was fucking, it was crazy, but we did it, man. And uh, Minnesota's been good. And so, like, now I'm starting to branch out, like I said, touring and just making a rock. Yeah, what? Tours like where, you're where seeing you, a lot of new around. audiences yeah. with uh, yeah. Uh, if you guys remember the Chappelle show, he um, the guy Ashley Larry played Ashley Larry's name was Donnell Rawlings. Kind of he took a that's what happens in the comedy game is you you get the chance to open up for big names and when you do you try to take advantage of that chance you know you want them to see you you right. want them to hear the crowd at least that you're doing really well so in hopes man I hope this guy can take he's got a lot of work. If he yeah. if he's working every single week on doing big clubs selling out if National I can some, if I can somehow get on his open up for him nationally now I'm exposed to crowds all over the the country yep. potentially all over the world you know and you never know what can happen from that if somebody else sees you somebody else the clubs like you they yep. start working you more um, so that's what's happening to him right now is is uh, is Donnell is working yeah with, just working just him looked out for me wants, man and yeah. that's the thing I used to just be like. Hey, bro, can I get a guest spot? And I literally fly out where he was at, take care of all my own shit. Like, I just want 10 minutes of t- stage time. You know what I'm saying? He was like, oh, bro, come on. It's like, hey, I got you. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I'll throw you something and everything. I'm just like, man, I'm just coming out there. I appreciate the opportunity. You know what I'm saying? So it goes, you go from losing money to breaking even to making money. You know what I mean? And like, I guess I'm 19 years in this, bro. But I ain't got no TV credits. I did my first arena last year with Mike Epps in Minneapolis at the Target Center. You know what I'm saying? I was the only comic on that show, bro, that didn't have I don't have one TV credit. Wow. You but it does I mean? nothing for you anymore. I think what in 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 the comedy game doing a viral TikTok is better than a Tonight Show. It's you guys seen woo, Matt, 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 Matt Wright? Wright. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. He's like all over TikTok. He's, he's just yeah. like on everything. He well, there was one before him, and that was Dane Cook. Dane Cook took over MySpace. He learned when MySpace right. was doing. Dane Cook made a name off of himself on MySpace, and he was the fucking. He was the first person to get a million followers on MySpace or whatever it was at the time. Was yeah. Followers, friends, friends, and yeah. um, and he was selling out arenas. He sold out Madison Square Garden yeah. over and over and over, and um. And now Matt Rife kind of took a page out of that book and on the TikTok. I see him uh, crushing you know, it. He's right murdering. Right. He's, he's, he's he's murdering. And he's funny, bro. He's funny. He's very relevant. Like everything that he's talking about yeah. like fits 100%, 100%. in. 100%. And he's, he's got that look. Good, you know what yeah. I mean? The girls he's, love him. Man, to be funny and good looking. Bro, if you can get girls yeah. to come to a comedy show, it's hard to Do get females. Do you know why females he, every show sells out? Because for one, 
women gonna buy all the tickets. Yeah, and if the women Two, come, the men come in. There you go. <laughs> dudes are coming because they know women are there. Yeah. Like if you're smart, you don't even market your shit to dudes almost. Yeah, there's a reason why it's free, ladies free. free. Like ladies free, right? You know? <laughs> Anywhere, especially like we in Vegas. Like, try to go on a pool party with ten dudes. It ain't happening, bruh. Better break up, <laughs> right? <laughs> Better split, split off and go find ten females. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 just one of those things, man. Where it's just paid off. You gotta stay. You stay with it. A lot of people don't stay with it long enough. Like, but I understand. Like, I know now that it's literally what God put me on earth to do. I'll tell you a funny story. One time we were um, we were working. Um, we were doing like a three city tour with Paul Rodriguez. Do you know who that is? <laughs> Paul Rodriguez was one of the original Latin kings of comedy. After the kings of comedy came out with Bernie and Bernie Mac and Cedric, then it was the Latin kings of comedy. Then the female kings of comedy. But anyway, the Latin kings of comedy was Carlos Mencia. Um, Paul Rodriguez and George Lopez yep. was the was the um, Latin Kings, and this was before George blew up, so he was just one of the guys. Um, but anyway, we were on tour with Paul Rodriguez. We had to, we were going from my hometown at the time, which was Odessa, Texas, to um, I think it was Lubbock or something like that, to pick him up and at the yeah, airport Lubbock, and then to we're pick him up the airport. El Paso. Yeah, we yeah. were the three three cities. Anyway, we're driving, and it's me. Um, the girl I was with at the time and Adrian was driving and there was, there was three of us in the car. No, there's four. Who else was in there? There was another, who was the Mexican dude? Was it Dan, Daniel? Oh, okay. Yeah. We had a yeah. guy right with us. That's right. There was four of us in the car Yep. and Adrian was driving and we get pulled over. We weren't doing anything. Nothing. We were, we saw the cop. We're like, make sure you're doing the speed limit. Right. Don't fucking. And he of course pulls right up behind us, pulls us over. We had just been smoking. And we were smoking, telling smoking stories about how many times he's been busted for weed as we and then he pulled up and saw us first. And then he fell. The cop fell back, fucking jumped behind us. And I had just gotten this cigar box, man, <laughs> yeah. this real nice cigar <laughs> box. It was like like felt laced inside. I was super proud. of Hey, he was so proud of it. We were I remember I was sitting in the car and he came walking out of the house and everywhere we go, he brings weed. I'm just like, bro, you know, this shit ain't legal, right? And so he's just walking out house. He got a cigar box. And he's literally just walking like <laughs> his mom said he can go outside and play. I was like, this motherfucker is full of weed. When yeah. was it? What, like what time? What year? This was what, 10 years 10 ago? 10 years ago? Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, it wasn't legal. It's ne- still not legal in Texas. Yeah. But um, I was, yeah. So we're on the road and I've got this cigar box under my chair and they pull us over. And they pull him out of the car as the cop. And they, they put him in the cop car and the cop comes back. Hey, uh, we're going to need to see that uh, box up under your seat right there. <laughs> I was like, fuck, Adrian fucking did something, dog. I was like, <laughs> I was like bro, what we, going? we know like, you got weed in the car. Yeah, I'm like, what are we going to do? Because he put me in the car. He tricked me. And I'm high, right? Well, we, 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 we had a lit joint when yeah, he pulled us Yeah, we had a lit joint when he pulled us over. I ate it for but some yeah, reason. That's what I'm saying. And I didn't know he ate it till I was in the police car. And all he, then they pulled everybody out of the car. And I see Rob just going, ah, ah, ah. anybody got any water? <laughs> and I'm just like, why does he, why? I'm like, why does he need water? Then come to find out later, he fucking. I said, why did you eat the joint when we still had a whole box of weed? <laughs> like you was doing us a favor. Like that's all we had. <laughs> He's like, I didn't think about it at that time. Yeah. He fucking put the joint in his mouth and chewed it up. Paper everything, and I got to go to jail. I, went, I ended up going <laughs> yeah. to jail. For so that it. was one of the nine times. Yeah, that was <laughs> one of the many in and, Texas. Yeah, and he ended up getting me back out before Paul. I was like, please Man. just don't tell Paul because the last time we had worked with Paul, somebody tried to rob us on the road. Like we and he just thought gotten, he had something to do with it. Yeah, he thought that for some reason I had something to do with it. We got we had thirty five thousand in cash, and uh, he had just gotten paid, and this dude 
tried to ram us off the road as we're going to the next town in a truck and i'm just hauling ass when i'm driving they had to set up a roadblock yeah we're on the on the phone with the cops hey man there's some dude he's got a gun we just saw him he flashed a rifle at us and they're they set up a roadblock in front of us they end up pulling him over pull us out and uh did he know who you guys were he was like this cholo looking dude yeah he was okay so he knew you had the cash he he knew that we were leaving town with money you know what I mean? So he followed your and vehicle. followed us. Okay. Where was this? This was in Ro- leaving Roswell, New Mexico, going to Carlsbad, oh, yeah. New Mexico. New Mexico just, uh, is crazy. Just a, a a deserted road <laughs> with nothing for like forty five minutes, like nothing. And he's chasing us. I'm in a suburban. He's in a pickup, and he's you know basically trying to ram make a stop. And he's got a gun. He's showing us a gun. He's gonna shoot. Damn. And I just floor it, and we're on the cops Damn. at the same time, and and um, freaking the fuck out. Yeah. So we got to go to the cops and file a report and, and you had yeah. weed on you too then and, i don't yeah. remember but that was the least of my worries <laughs> right yeah yeah that's just that's yeah story. it was crazy and they pulled us over for like a long time man we was like we gave you all the weed bro you know what i mean and then i remember the big old black cop came big no. old dude he came and he was laziest i remember he couldn't even like he had to like use his nightstick to pick our bags up and then he was like wow y'all got cash on you he's like i got a lot of money I was like, on average, we got like $700. I said, Rob probably got the most because he's putting the show together. I said, but the rest of us comics have maybe seven, $800. That's a lot of money. I was like, I don't know who you hang with, but that ain't a lot of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we going to a whole nother motherfucking state. You know what I'm saying? And they just had us on the side of the road for like three hours. Took him to jail. They tried to take his computer because they were like, oh, it might be weed sales in there. His girl at the time was like, you ain't taking the fucking computer. So we're running through the city. Cause then we had two cars. One car is going to get Paul, so Paul don't know nothing about none of this shit. We stay behind, and try to get him out of jail. Yeah, like we can, we gotta have him at the show. Like he put this fucking show together. Yeah, was, he's horrible. in jail talking shit. Like I know he is. We're running around town in a town we have no idea, trying to find a bail bondsman. Yeah. Can't find one. We was like, fuck it. We put all our money together, bailed him out. He comes walking out like he's doing the George Jefferson walk. <laughs> I was like, you motherfucker, what'd you do? He said, I told him. I'll give him tickets for tomorrow. I bet I'm, I'd be out of here within an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I said, you're a bad boy, man. We got him out. Fucking got in a car, hauled ass. Made they like the other car that went like damn near an hour ahead of us. Made it there maybe 20 minutes before we did. We were fucking flying, bro. Through Texas. Those roads. Yeah. Man, nighttime too. I was just like, boy, we we can't handle no more trouble. So fuck the cops in Level Land, Texas. <laughs> Suck it down. I forgot your name with that fat fucker with the with the goofy ass suburban whatever he had. I forgot your name. I'm never driving through there. Fuck that. <laughs> right, you had to go back to court and shit. They took his money. Yeah, they tried to, to make it. They tried to make it hard on us, but we got more weed when we got to the yeah. Paso. So, our boy just had to go back to Ohio. Yeah, we, when we were driving down to Nashville, our one friend was you know driving at like two in the morning, had cruise control on. He was going like a hundred eight, I think, <laughs> on like a highway yeah, in <laughs> in Ohio. In Ohio. Yeah. And then we think this is the least of our car troubles going down there. Cop pulls him over, and because he was going so fast, the cop just gave him a, like a citation and or a summons to yeah, appear in, to, court. to appear in court. And he's like, "We're not giving you a ticket right now. Like you're free to go." But you have to show up to court on this day. And then he ended up showing up to court and they suspended his license for six months. Oh, but so, um, so we thought that was going to be the, you know, the biggest problem that we ran into driving on this right. little road trip. Fucking four hours later, we get hit by the truck. I, oh, the jacked yeah, your arm. Yeah, I broke my arm. And then later in well, that day, was a different car, too. So like, he got pulled over. We were all like laughing. We were like, oh, yeah, he got pulled over. Like, you know, called him up. Like, maybe, like you know, just talking shit. And then, you know. An hour left in the drive, we get we get rammed. Damn, into the, we're like, hey, the, y'all we're, had switch cars. 
No, we just had two cars. Oh, okay, we, we gotcha. Had two cars going down. So we were in a suburban, and then they were in like a little, like little shitty Genesis car. But I'm um, sorry, Gray. You're going, I know you'll be watching this. But, um, and then after that, one of our other friends was driving home from Broadway, a couple beers deep, and then he uh, he ended up blowing a .07. So oh, he barely. got lucky. Monge. Yeah, that happened? Yeah, you didn't know that? I didn't know five that. Pounds, yeah. He was five pounds lighter. He was right. Exactly. Or he wouldn't have ate one more cheese curd. Yeah. That's what Damn. And that same kid got pulled over on the way to Texas, actually. Oh, yeah. They, know, like they, were, they were just cop magnets in that Genesis. They were just... Damn. They kept, they kept getting pulled over. But uh, It's been wild. It's been it's been good, like, on the on the nickel up stuff, too. First of all, thanks for ha- like thanks for coming on. Like, the hospitality out here for in sure, Vegas. Like, it's been great. We just got here today. But, yeah, but, like, we're we've been... Uh, I mean, we're young, obviously, and we don't have as many stories, but we're trying to make <laughs> it coming, happen. Man, coming, yeah, hundred percent. We didn't, we didn't have nowhere near the stories. Like the, the last, man, these last twenty years is forty six now. What are you forty seven? Yeah, yeah. So it's just you know the same thing. You guys are what twenty and twenty four. Mm-hmm. Just wait, bro. Especially to continue to know each other for those years. You're like, man, remember we started this shit. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, you got a couple stories already. That shit's just going to keep adding on. Yeah. And that's we, the dope thing about it, man. Just, like, finding somebody you can rock with. And that's even as a comic. Like, there's always people that you can go on the road with. But it's like, are you going for the money? Are you going for the experience? Are you going because they're dope? Or are you going for all of that? You know what I'm saying? Like,